Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And good afternoon. It is college game day today. Boy, and uh, it just seems like, well, everybody says this. You know, well, it'll be Christmas before you know it. It'll be Mardi Gras before you know it. They were talking about crawfish yesterday on WWO First News. But it just seems like time does, does fly, doesn't it? I mean, I can just remember at the end of September, a couple of months ago, uh, now we're at the end of November, when LSU was like, it was woe is me. Where is this program headed? Is this the sign that things are going to get worse? And now they have an opportunity to finish up today, pick up their eighth victory of the season against a ball club that is uh, kind of wounded and the, uh, the element of the unknown. And certainly if anyone knows how it feels, what it's like to be interim, what it's like to just go out there with no pressure and, hey, lay it all on the line. It is LSU football coach Ed Ogeron. He's done this a couple of times. He did it certainly last year at LSU, and he did it at Southern California. So we'll talk about that as the Tigers take on the Tennessee Volunteers, our resident Tigers, second winningest quarterback in LSU football history, Herb Tyler. He will be with us after the first break for the show. Mike Scarborough, TigerBait.com, gives us an update. Big-time recruits shining last night as we move into the quarterfinals in the non-select side of the postseason. And we move into the select side, the semifinals, including several of the state's top prospects for 2019 that are juniors will uh, all be on the same field Friday night. We'll hit on that, too, as well. Your input is always welcome at 504-260-1870, and you can text us at 870-870. LSU and Tennessee. Now, when this game first came out, you look at the schedule, you go like, whoa, this is, you know, at Alabama, at Ole Miss, at Tennessee, at Mississippi State, at Florida. This would be a tough ball club, ball game, even, even with what Tennessee had last year. Remember, they were seemingly on the right track. Butch Jones had it going right. They beat Florida. They were doing well. And then, boom, the loss to Vanderbilt kind of just, I, I don't know if that's the point, but it was a swoon. They haven't been the same since. And Tennessee now is two losses away, two losses away from today and next week against Vanderbilt for the first time in school history not winning a conference contest. So, whether or not whether we say they have a lot to play for or not, this is a program that does, certainly doesn't want to see things in that way. And LSU is a big favorite. So we'll take a look at that. Also, we'll take uh, a look with Brian Lazar, senior writer at TigerBay.com, to uh, get some bold projections. Nice layout in the advocate this morning. My conversation with LSU coach Ed Ogeron will have that for you. A full score, but we will go inside the SEC and a lot to get to. And when you think about it, this is uh, two ball clubs that has shown the way for youth. Now, I think LSU has had more success on the numbers of young players that they have played. However, with that said, there is there is some uh, 
light, so to speak. If I'm a Vols fan, I'm not all totally disappointed because I have a freshman quarterback that played last week. Two of them that will be. One of them should be unless they pick up some type of big-time guy. And you have arguably the best freshman offensive lineman, one of the best to ever come into college football. I mean, when you look at where Trey Smith was rated, true freshman, 6'6", 320, he is going to be a guy that is three and done. You know, his three years out of high school, and bam, he's going pro first round unless something happens to him. So we'll take a look inside of this Tennessee football program. Tennessee leads an all-time series with LSU with the commanding 20 victories, only nine losses, and three ties against the Tigers. And in Knoxville, Tennessee has an 11-3-1 mark against the Tigers, although LSU did win the last meeting. So we'll take our first time out. We'll come back. Look, we got to look at this college football playoff because it seems now, yeah, there are four, but there's probably, I'm going to say, six teams, maybe seven in the conversation, and that's it. And there's always the fun part of what-ifs. And I don't think you could throw in any other program that knows about the what-ifs than LSU and go back to 2007. Go from seven to two in a matter of hours. So there's a lot of stuff that could be happening, including a big what-if if Bama is sitting there not in the SEC title game and Ohio State wins the Big Ten title and it comes down to one spot. We'll set that scenario up. The great Herb Tyler joins us next. LSU, a big victory last week over Arkansas. They've set the table to have a big, strong finish to get to 9-3, and three, and it all starts tonight. A 6-0-3 kickoff against Tennessee right here on Tiger Radio. I'm Deke Bellavia. This is WWL. And welcome back. It is LSU and Tennessee this afternoon here on Tiger Radio, WWL. Your input, your questions welcome for our Expert, the man that's been there and done that, Herb Tyler, at 504-260-1870. You can text us at 870-870. And uh, Herb, LSU and Tennessee, the Tigers and the Vols, East versus West. LSU has not had much success against the Vols in the series. A lot of success as of late. I think we remember the two uh, in Atlanta, uh, the one that Coach Saban uh, took care of, in which LSU got to the Sugar Bowl and then beat uh, Illinois. And then, of course, I remember the one in which, uh, you know, have a nice day with Coach Miles and LSU. From that point on, Herb, they went from being the seventh-ranked team in the nation and climbing all the way from seven to two in a matter of about 12 hours after Mm -hmm. they lost in triple overtime and landed in the national championship game, which was the last national title the program has won. Absolutely, man. Those, uh, you know, those two games were significant, and um, and I guess propelling LSU to where we are these, you know, these days um, as a as a program. Um, but you know, fast forward into 2017, man. Tennessee has absolutely zero to lose right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we everything is riding on this game for us in regards to whatever bowl we're going to go to, and we have to take this last two games, you know, one game at a time, and we start today. Um, we have to go out there and, 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 and make believe that Tennessee is the number one ranked team in the country. We've got to play like, you know, we're the hungriest team on earth. Um, and that, you know, and, and not let them guys, uh, their, I guess, resiliency and, and, and their um, push to at least, because all they need, I think they need two, two wins, and then they go to a bowl game. So this is significant right. for them, and it's just as significant for us as well. So, you know, I'm looking for a really, really hard-fought game by the Tigers. We're missing the key, a couple key players, uh, Arden Key being one of them. 
Um, and, and, you know, that's, I don't, this is going to kind of show me what do we have behind those guys that are missing, those starters that are not going to be there. So it's going to be a really, really tough game. I will tell you that. It's gonna, you know, it's in Rocky Top, and that's always one of the best places to play in the country, I believe. Um, so, it's, you know, I'm really looking forward to this particular game because this is going to tell me where we are as a team personally because we need these two wins to get the greatest bowl game that we could possibly get this season. That's Herb Tyler. I'm Deke Bellavid. Let's go ahead and uh, take a look, our first afternoon look at scores. And uh, we take things off uh, with the top 25 scoreboard. Right now, it is number one Alabama all on top of Mercer at the end of the third, 49-0 in Tuscaloosa. Upset watch here now. This is uh, in the third. Uh, Third-ranked Miami. They've been trailing all day long, but now they just tied the score. Miami 28, Virginia 28. Uh, Number 24, Michigan 10, and Wisconsin 7. A Wisconsin loss in many fields, they are done, and perhaps the Big Ten would be done, and that could open the door for two Southeastern Conference football teams if certain scenarios play out, and we will talk about that in a moment. Right now, in the late in the third at Jordan-Hare Stadium in Auburn on the Plains. It's the Auburn Tigers 21, the UL Monroe Warhawks 7. Uh, 12th-ranked TCU leads Texas Tech. This is also in the third, 10-3. Undefeated Central Florida. Biggest news about the Knights is uh, their coach, Scott Frost, has been linked to a lot of jobs, including down in Florida with the Gators. We'll have to wait and see. Central Florida, the Knights lead Temple 38-13. It is uh, Arkansas fighting for the life of Coach Brett Bielema right now. They lead 16th-ranked Mississippi State. 21 to 14. Uh, that would be good for LSU because LSU can will finish above Mississippi State, but uh, in the bowl, in the eyes of bowl people's eyes, and Herb and I will talk about that in a few moments. Uh, some of the selections committees they had their opportunity to pick. Hey, look, they beat them, although they're a record. So, being two losses behind LSU in the conference, so t- bowls would certainly go with the Tigers over the Bulldogs, and Mississippi mm-hmm. State trails Arkansas 21 to 14 late in the third. It is number 21, Memphis, 38-30 to 30 over Southern Methodist. That is in the third. Number 23, Northwestern leads Minnesota, 32-0. to zero. That's early in the fourth. Number two, Clemson, no problem with the Citadel, 52-0. to zero. Next week, Clemson takes on South Carolina and then Miami in the ACC title game the first weekend in December. Later this evening, it's number four, Oklahoma at uh, Kansas. Number seven, Georgia will look to bounce back as they take on Kentucky uh, later this afternoon. It's a CBS game. Notre Dame will battle Navy, the eighth-ranked Irish. Ohio State, number nine, they entertain Illinois. Number 13, Oklahoma State will battle Kansas State. Number 10, Penn State entertains Nebraska. Number 17, Michigan State will host Maryland. NC State is at Wake Forest. Number 11, USC takes on UCLA, which could be uh, one of the final games for Coach Jim Mora, J.L. Mora Jr. there. Stanford, big win last week. They knocked the Pac-12 out of it. They take on Cal in that big battle day, 7-3 card. Cardinal battles the Bears, who are 5-5. Five five. Number 25, Boise State entertains Air Force. And Washington over with entertain Utah this evening in Pac-12 play. That's an early look at your scoreboard. And on uh, Thursday night, I heard title, a big victory for the Southeastern Lions, the battle for the uh, River Bells. The Lions took care of Nickel State 21-17. That's always mm-hmm. a great game. And it would be interesting to see uh, how that affects the Nichols Colonels' uh, playoffs uh, opportunity because uh, they can be in at-large. But, well, you talk about a tough, tough conference. Central Arkansas, Sam Houston, Nichols, it's a tough one. So coming down the home stretch, Herb, and next week, this week and next week with a lot of football that's to be played and looking at uh, the top 25. And this past week, Herb, uh, you know, a- as expected, because of what took place a, a week ago, Alabama took over number one 
in the uh, polls with uh, Auburn and Georgia still very much alive. Herb, but your thoughts, first of all, on the uh, Pac-12, in which uh, university you're very familiar with, Stanford. The big victory last week over Washington may have knocked the Pac-12 out of any team from that conference going to the playoffs. You know, it's, it's going to be tough, Deke, man. Um, uh, you know, that's, <laughs> the problem with that conference is that everybody is pretty much on the same plane, and anybody can win in any week. There's never a clear-cut, I guess, uh, best team in the Pac-12. So, you know, whoever wins that Pac-12, North or South, and then go on to win the Pac-12 championship, it's still going to be tough, I think, for one of those teams to get into that playoff picture. But at the same time, I think it's well-deserving for whoever, whichever team that that, that it would be, you know. Because um, I'm going to tell you right now, man, they can play with anybody. It's just a matter of whenever they play against themselves, they just beat each other up. It kind of reminds me of the SEC um, pre-Nick Saban, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. See y'all later. Pre-Nick Saban, if you will. And um, those, you know, it, 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 every team had an opportunity to win at, at, at any particular point in time. So, you know, that, you know, it's, 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 that's the beauty of college football, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? The parity oh, sure. of it is just awesome with that, you know. And then, you know, and, and still, still in all, I think my, you know, uh, my son, Stanford Cardinals, they have, you know, they didn't play up to the expectations this year, but they can finish the season out pretty strongly. Um, but um, it's, it's going to be really tough for them to – I don't think they're going to be in the running at all to get into the, uh, the the playoff picture at all. So, But if they can look, if they can beat Cal tonight and then turn around and beat Notre Dame next week, um, I, I think that would be a really good, you know, a, a really good, let's call it, finish to the season and, and going to a bowl game, seeing what they can do. No doubt about it. Now, the next conference of the Power Five that stands to be uh, locked out is uh, going down in the Big Ten. Wisconsin trails Michigan right now in the third, 10-7. to seven. Now, many feel Wisconsin is the best opportunity for the, uh, pro- the Big Ten because they are undefeated and they are ranked in the top five. The top five this week, Alabama was one, Clemson two, Miami three, and Oklahoma four with Wisconsin five, Auburn six, Georgia seven. Now, Ohio State uh, today, not much, and then they have Michigan next week in the game, and then you're talking about the Big Ten championship game, which would be against uh, Wisconsin. Now, what happens if Wisconsin loses today? Many feel that uh, they, they are out. But we'd have to seek because if they could be a one-loss Big Ten champion, that would be interesting. What What is interesting, though, Herb, is that we know Clemson and Miami, one of those two teams uh, would be in if they get to the ACC championship game undefeated in conference or there, what they are with just one loss and Miami no losses. That's for a playoff spot. Oklahoma looks like they pretty much uh, got it locked up. They have Kansas today and then West Virginia. Bam, that should be in there. Georgia, we knew they were allowed to give up one. So if Georgia wins out, I think they are in good shape. What I find interesting, though, Herb, is that Auburn, to me, Auburn is a lock for a two-lock playoff bid team because should Auburn mm-hmm. run the table, they would have defeated number one, number one, and possibly uh, a number five or, or who knows, higher, depending on what happens, three out of the four weeks. So there's no way you could not let Auburn get in there as a, a two-loss SEC champ including one of their losses, Herb, would to be to a team that's in the playoffs, uh, considering if it is Clemson. Now, mm-hmm. under that scenario, Herb, that would put Alabama with one loss if they were to lose the Iron Bowl next week. And if it comes down to an Alabama team that would have lost, they don't even win the West, they don't get to Atlanta, then you're p- bouncing them up maybe against a, a two-loss Ohio State Big Ten champ or a one-loss uh, uh, Big Ten champion Wisconsin. 
I think under that scenario, her Alabama gets in. If they lose, if they lose an Iron Bowl, I still think Alabama's in the playoffs. No, I agree. I think Alabama deserves to be in the playoffs. They'll have one loss, and then the, the the you know if they lose that Iron Bowl, and the problem with losing is that they still wouldn't they wouldn't go to Atlanta, right? Um, but right. that doesn't to me that doesn't knock them completely out of the picture. What they've done over the past year, um, coming mm-hmm. back as uh, you know the runner up last year, and they've ran the table so far now. So. And, uh, I, you know, there's no way I, I could believe the committee would leave Alabama out of it because I just think that they're that good of a team. Now, when you turn right. around and you go to your Wisconsin's and all these other teams, I think, you know, Wisconsin, you know, I, I like Wisconsin, but I just don't think that, that you know, a, a one-loss Wisconsin should go or, or anything like that. I, I, I truly believe that Auburn, even if Auburn loses we'll to Alabama, that they should get into it. More from her in just a moment, but first up, a CBS update and then news with Jim Hanto. A lot happening, the college football scene, the rankings, the forthcoming playoff, where LSU finishes. Welcome back to Gulf Coast Bank and Trust, Tiger Tailgate Show, LSU at Tennessee in Neyland Stadium. Butch Jones is out, Brady Hoke, who was at coaching at Michigan, is uh, in. Mike Scarborough, www.tigerbait.com, is with us now. As we move into the quarterfinals and the non-select side, semifinals and the select side, Mike, a lot of the athletes are uh, starting to kind of, uh, I guess you'd say, uh, some guys uh, come up that are kind of borderline, Mike, uh, depending on where they are. They can really help themselves depending on their performances and what goes on. I know you guys were all over. Uh, maybe highlight some of those uh, big performances last night and uh, who's on the rise as we get closer and closer to the state final. Yeah, uh, and, and we're about to have a a, a second-to-last rivals ranking period. So we're about to be shooting off emails to, to rivals and talk, uh, mentioning who we think needs to get moved up or moved down uh, in the state of Louisiana. Last night we were uh, at East Feliciana to see the two LSU commitments from Faraday. Uh, the, the, the big uh, offensive lineman, defensive lineman, uh, Dari Rosenthal, who's been committed to LSU for quite some time, I think he projects as an offensive lineman. Uh, he wants to come as a defensive lineman, and at about six eight six nine, I, you know, uh, I, I think he's his future is as an offensive lineman. But he's a project, and then you've got the Scott kid. Uh, that's a, it's a rush end, uh, an athletic kid. Uh, that um, you know, I, I think he's also probably a, a bit of a project. So. Um, it, it's that kind of year in the state of Louisiana for LSU. Well, Mike, and when you think about it, could be uh, uh, something that's brewing. People like to keep an eye. We all do. You know, uh, future prospects, big-time players when they face each other. Should Faraday win this week and a neat win, you would have the number one projected defensive lineman in the nation and Amy Ismail Stopsher facing uh, the big offensive lineman from Faraday in the state semifinals, which would be big. And, Mike, Hey, this is just me, but from what I'm told, uh, LSU is in as good a place and probably in a nice lead on Ismael Sabsher, and uh, the young man just uh, he wants to stay home. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I've gotten some tidbits, and you've got a bunch of them. Uh, you, you're neck of the woods, and, and I'm leaning on you on that one. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think LSU looks real good there. And, um, of course, already offered and took the commitment uh, from the, the 2019 defensive lineman from Haynesville uh, two or three weeks ago. And uh, we were the first to get film on him uh, t- uh, the following week. Um, so, but, yeah, that, that, you know, that's obviously we're talking about the positions that LSU wants to, 
not only uh, get some bona fide talent, but also get uh, better in bigger numbers. It's uh, you know when you you look at LSU's roster and you 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 talk about well, you, oftentimes if you're going to take a flyer on a kid. A lot of times you're taking the athletes, so you're taking more defensive backs than you normally do because you run so much nickel these days. You're primarily a nickel most of the season. So you need that many more defensive backs. And over the years, if, LSU, if, if Louisiana was down, um, rather than, you know, you're looking at it each year and you're like, you know, you're, you're, if it's late January, you're going to extend an offer to a guy maybe that you think uh, can turn into something in a year or two. Uh, most of the times it's been the athletes. And we've always been scratching our heads and saying, you know, why don't they take some more project offensive and defensive linemen and always have those numbers bigger than they have been. But it always has seemed to be defensive backs and receivers that end up with those spots late. Mike Scarborough, TigerBay.com is our special guest, LSU and Tennessee here. 260-1870. You can text us at 870-870. All right, Mike, uh, LSU and Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee's got some high-profile freshmen. We know what LSU has done. Where is where is LSU now with two regular season games left and the bowl game? We know usually, Mike, after the uh, the last game of the season, A&M, they kind of have the dead period. They test, and they have that evaluation where they kind of go out there and they uh, scrimmage once or twice and so forth. Where is the program, Mike? as of right now, looking particularly at the freshmen, whether they're redshirt freshmen or true freshmen, the impact that these freshmen have made on this program and what it seems like and the feedback you get from the fan base on what this uh, freshman group has done and what they uh, – I, I think there's a lot going to be expected of them moving forward. Well, there is, and there's going to have to be. And it's, it's you know, you're, you're right. I mean, you're at the time of the year where, you know, I, I – you just know the bowl scenarios and the way it always plays out. If you're not in the playoffs or you're not projected to that that bowl spot, that if you're that next highest-ranked SEC school uh, that gets the Sugar Bowl, well, the Sugar Bowl's off the, the deck this year because that's part of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I thought a month ago it would be an outback bowl. Brian Lazar wrote a, a feature for us this week predicting an outback bowl, and, and, and that, that looks about right. And then you've got an early signing period in December. So it's gonna it's gonna be a busy month of December. But looking at the freshmen and you know guys like Greedy Williams, redshirt freshmen that have performed so well, uh, and then looking forward to next year with that schedule that gets so much tougher and that mm-hmm. that uh, boy, you, you, you know you like those marquee matchups to start a season, uh, but boy that that Miami game next year, I think what do they have eight returning starters on each side mm-hmm. of the ball? Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, that that just that looks like a game you wish you didn't have particularly with all the question marks LSU is going to have next year. A big question mark at quarterback, uh, a running back core that's as scary as, as I've seen it since the early 90s, um, not knowing who's going to be that guy. It, it's, you know, I, I don't think there's a running back on the roster or that's in this recruiting class that can run faster than a 4-6. Um, oh, Mike, Mike, you're right, man. I'm going to tell you right now, that's scary. Uh, Rondell Mealy and I were talking about that this morning, um, about how, you know, how how did we get to this point of not actually having that next guy up, if you will, um, in the program already. Now, and yeah, yeah. It, the- it, it, Herb, it, it's, you look at, 
you know, we, we, everybody that's been around for a while remembers the Fab Five running backs under Hallman. Yeah. Uh, but the big catalyst, yep. obviously, was Kevin Falk staying home in 95 with Donardo, and that really being the first marquee kid that started the kids in Louisiana staying home. And then yep. from then on, with Rondell Mealy and Cecil Collins and Brandon Tofield, Dominic Davis, on and yep. on and on uh, through the years, you know, the, I – I can't remember the last time you went into an off season worried about the running back position at LSU. I mean, no, you I really have to I go agree. back to the Hallman years. Yeah, we were looking at that and we were talking about it. It's just the depthness of it. You know, it's not there right now. And then also the, another scary position for me personally is the quarterback position. I know everybody's high on 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 Miles Brennan, uh, but you know what? We haven't seen what he can do. The little bit that we've seen. It, you know, it, it, it's promising in, in regards to ability and talent, but yet we haven't seen anything that's really going to say, okay, this is the guy, this is the future. He's going to be able to put this team in the right situations and make you know march down the field against anyone. So, with that being said, yeah, well, um, you know, and you know, he's not a dual threat, and no, you know, no. and and he has put on some weight since he's gotten there. How big does he get? You know, and then is it, a year from now, are we saying okay? He's going to be another Chad Kelly, or is he going to be a Rick Clausen? Right. So, and right. here's the thing: he doesn't necessarily have to run or even have escapability. If he can actually drop back and get the ball in the positions or to the positions that he needs to, receivers, running backs, tight ends, whatever, at the right time, at the right moment, so they can catch the ball and then they can actually do something with it, then that's fine. But, however, if you can't produce in that manner and you also can't run outside of the pocket, then now we have an issue. So then we still have to see what Noel Narcisse can do. Not sure what's going on with um, with the kid from Texas, McMillan. And then, uh, you know, I don't even know who else that we really have a shot at that can actually come in at quarterback that we're recruiting, actively recruiting. Right well, now. The, 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 kid, the kid that uh, LSU really covets, the foster from uh, from Alabama that was com- committed to Missouri, uh, Jimbo Fisher in Florida State offered yesterday. So, um you know, a lot mm-hmm. of people on the board that uh, were pro Orgeron and the pe- people were pro Fisher and people were loving watching uh, the, the Jimbo uh, meltdown this year in Florida State having a bad season. And um, all of a sudden they got real nervous yesterday uh, when Jimbo Fisher in Florida State offered the quarterback from Alabama that is, seems to be the only guy that LSU's got a shot at in this class. And you know, you wanted to kick Jimbo while he was down a few weeks ago, and, and while, you know, they're not having near the season right. uh, they're expected, but all of a sudden you're nervous because you know how well he recruits. Hey, but it's difficult, my- man. Jimbo, he lost his starting quarterback the first, I mean, within the first 15 minutes of the first game of the season. Yeah. Yep. Well, he, 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 right. he just, he, regardless of his record, you know how he finishes. All right, we'll come back and Mike Scarborough's prediction on LSU and Tennessee. The Tigers are a big favorite today, and we'll wind things up with our recruiting analyst, Mike Scarborough. LSU-Tennessee tonight here on Tiger Radio WWL. Winding down, he's Herb Tide. I'm Dick Bellavere with Mike Scarborough of TigerBait.com, www.TigerBait.com. Mike, uh, a lot going on right now. Of course, getting close. Uh, we are about a month away from the first ever December signing day period, December 20th, 21st, and uh, t- three days uh, from December 20th through the 23rd. A lot of exciting things going on. Basketball season, fall baseball has wrapped up. Point Tiger fans in the right direction. Yeah, go to TigerBay.com and, and um, we're going to be real anxious to see how many of LSU's commitments signed during the early signing period, certainly because you're going to have a handful of early enrollees. Those are going to be automatic. But I, I seem to think LSU is going to get in the in the 
double digits, uh, a dozen or so. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, LSU basketball is at a, uh, a high interest rate as you can get. Will Wade's got everybody excited. And um, uh, a lot of guys that I know hadn't stepped foot in the PMAC in, in a long time uh, are buying tickets and even bought season tickets. So we, we, we're, we're, we're covering it full speed ahead. And, of course, uh, Will Wade just signed a, a top uh, five recruiting class uh, in the early signing period, and he's got, he's got more that he can add to, in the spring. Mike, LSU, a big favorite this afternoon. How you see this one going down between the Tigers and the Volunteers? Yeah, I, you know, you get an interim coach, and you never know what's going to happen. We'll see what the weather situation looks like this evening. But uh, talking to our Tennessee folks and reading our staff predictions uh, on our VolQuest.com, uh, they seem to think the same way we do, that LSU wins this one, you know, something like 35-13 uh, to 13 or or, or, or whatever. So if LSU goes, takes care of business, I, I just uh, – the matchup does not look good from them from a talent standpoint, and uh, they might play inspired football uh, for Coach Hoke, but uh, I, I don't know how long it will last if LSU can punch him in the mouth early. Mike Scarborough, TigerBait.com. Mike, thank you so much. We'll talk later. All right. Talk. All right. That's Herb. I'm Deke. Over an hour in the books. A lot to get to, including Herb's breakdown today's game between the Vols and the Tigers on Tiger Radio. WWL. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.